Oh, thank you. Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, 39. I'm getting old. You know, I'm trying to stay young with these young guys. I was going to ask you about being 39 and, and doing kickoffs and things like that. I mean, how do you sort of, you know, think about that? Uh, is it something that you'd rather not be doing at age 39 or you, you like the challenge? Oh, I love the challenge. I love the gamesmanship. I love the preparation that goes into it. You know, there's things um, that I usually do, even though I'm not doing it um, full time, that I think uh, helps me just stay, uh, I'll call it fresh and in the know uh, with, you know, what the returners are doing, how they return the ball, what the wind's going to do. Um, I think there's some things that um, at 39 that, you know, obviously direction and, and moving the ball around uh, is something I did in Chicago. So I'm very familiar with being able to get away with a little bit lower hang times and move the returner around. Um, but I'm a competitor and, uh, you know, anything the coach has asked me to do, I'm willing to do. And all I want to do is win. And, you know, I stood up here, I think, two months ago talking about that or a month ago. And um, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy being back out there on the field. And if that's what it takes to win and Coach Hightower needs me to do that. I'm more than happy to do it for the team. Two months ago, Ronnie, you strained your groin and warm-ups. How concerning was that for you? And it, it, when you came back, you're you're making everything. So how did, how did that help you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a unique year. Um, obviously, uh, I got injured. I went to IR for three weeks. Uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, working on uh, the mental side of the game, uh, and then obviously trying to get uh, my physical. Uh, groin, my body, and everything else that I needed to do to come back uh, to be able to hit a, a really good ball. And um, I did that. Obviously, the last couple of weeks, I, you know, I've missed a couple of kicks I'd like to have back. Uh, but right now, I'm playing probably the best football I've ever played. Um, I'm hitting the ball great. Obviously, I'm doing some stuff in kickoffs, uh, which has been a lot of fun, which I think has helped me on, on field goals. Um, but you know, as a competitor, you want to make the 42-yarder. And then the extra point this past weekend, um, obviously those are things that help your team. Uh, I think some positives from the season is we have 13 field goal attempts and 10 of those are over 40 yards. So uh, when your team's playing really well in the red zone, um, we like touchdowns as opposed to field goals. So uh, that's kind of um, been different for me this year. But uh, I think um, so far it's been pretty good. I just you know got to put together that complete game and, and do that for uh, the remainder of the season. You saying that you're probably playing the best you that's a big thing to say considering how many points you scored in your career. So I mean why, how do you draw that conclusion? Uh, I think just the based on how I'm hitting the ball. Uh, you know, Tabor and, and Mitch have done a great job. The guys are blocking um, really well. You know, you see guys like Charlie Warner and, and uh, you know Jake Brindell, um, you know, Lakin, you know, guys that uh, are either playing or not playing on offense or defense, but coming in and have to play on that phase that uh, are having unbelievable technique that allow me to have a little bit more, I'll call it leeway when it comes to get off time. Um, our get off times have been faster as of late. That's something I wanted to work on and Coach Hightower asked me to work on. Um, but I think Tabor's playing right now uh, at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, you know, he's been really consistent on field goals. He's been doing awesome for us in the punt game. Um, you know, it's been fun to listen to him talk about fashion. He loves fashion. I know you guys were talking about that a little bit earlier out there with him. But uh, and then Mitch, you know, Mitch is having a Pro Bowl season at punter. You know, he's done a great job uh, for us in that phase. I think he's probably top five in net. Um, so, you know, I'm happy for those guys in the season that they're having, especially in some of the conditions they've had to play in and, 
Indianapolis here or in Chicago. Um, we know we're in for a windy one in Cincinnati this weekend, and uh, I'm sure they'll step to the plate and have a great game. What's your sense of how the group, just at special teams meetings this week, has responded to last week? Yeah, you know, being uh, the older statesman now, obviously, in the room, it's it's been fun to watch the guys respond. I think we've had one of our best um, weeks of coaching. You know, I think we've had our uh, one of our best weeks as players. Uh, you know, obviously we haven't played up to the standard that we want to the last two weeks, and um, it takes everybody. It's not on just one person. I'm sure knowing Coach Hightower, what he told us in the meetings, he came up here and took the blame for probably all of it, um, which is respectable, but it doesn't all fall on his shoulders. Um, you know, obviously he's not out there kicking extra points for me. So, you know, those are things that I have to step up and do as part of my job to help him. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the group's ready to respond. Uh, their attention to detail this week has been awesome. You know, listen to them talk about their matchups, uh, go through the game plan, knowing uh, just the minor details of some of the things that we installed this week. Uh, I think Coach Harper and uh, August and, and Hightower have a really good game plan going into this week. And, um, you know, I'm excited to watch the guys respond because I think uh, this is a group that's well coached. You know, Coach Simmons has been there for 19 years, so he's been in the same place. He's you know, obviously, uh, they have a great coach. They play really hard. They play through the whistle. Um, they do a great job of playing uh, with a really good low base. And that'll be a great matchup for us. But I think uh, our speed and, and some of the things that we've put in this week will definitely help us play pretty well. Is that all dependent on Tabor? And how is he in terms of velocity among, you know, long snapper people? Yeah, you know, my brother and I talk about this every week. I talk to my brother, he coaches for the Broncos. So, you know, obviously he watches my film. I watch his games. Um, you know, we talk about it's not necessarily about the velocity by which you throw the, the football at. I think there's a big misnomer that, oh, the harder you throw it, the faster the time is. Well, the faster you throw it, the, actually the harder it is probably to catch it. Um, so, you know, Tabor's done a great job of being able to put laces uh, predominantly at 12 o'clock, but more between 10 and 2. Um, but I think he's done a great job with his locations. Uh, Mitch has done a great job of obviously uh, grabbing the ball, putting it down on the spots, and getting the correct leans. Um, but I think a lot of it is just making sure that the ball is catchable and uh, giving uh, the holder uh, the least amount of um, movement as possible. And um, you can definitely see his growth you know, from last year to this year. Uh, he's definitely more comfortable. Uh, he's, I was just talking to him this morning about I watched all of uh, last year's field goals, kickoffs, um, as part of some of my prep for this week. And um, I'm happy for him. The guy worked his butt off uh, to get himself in better shape this offseason, came in ready to snap the football at a Pro Bowl level. And I think he's done that. And you know I'm happy he's here. Is the goal for Mitch to catch the ball same point each time so that it's you know, automatic and not much movement? Yeah, you know, obviously there's a almost like a, I'll call it like a beach ball that you want to try to put the, the ball in uh, that allows everything to kind of be the same. There's sometimes that, that just isn't going to happen based on weather conditions. Uh, but, you know, we have a standard in our room where we grade based on location, laces, um, and the ability to make sure that the whole group can operate. And that starts with, with him. And uh, he's definitely made our jobs a lot easier. Uh, you know, you can see a lot of that too filter into his punting, snapping. Um, but it's awesome to watch the confidence that he has this year, not only in himself, but uh, to be able to help the guys around him uh, on punt team as well. Good. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Good talking to you again. Not answering any of her questions today.
Mm. Next. It's, uh, it's a little snug. Um, <clears throat> go dogs. It was an honor to have a friendly wager with you, Tracy. It was actually a tough day for the tight ends. Georgia lost, Iowa lost, and the Niners lost. It's a tough weekend. <laughs> it's a tough weekend for football. It's all right, though. You have another weekend ahead of you, though. Uh, I know, thankfully. Do you feel like you're, uh, these last few weeks you've gotten a good flow with the offense, being out there, being healthy now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you're um, – yeah, I think our offense has definitely found more of a rhythm. Um, just being able to make plays. Um, you know, I think we did a really good job for three weeks, you know, eliminating turnovers and stuff like that. And, you know, that's kind of what bit us in the, bit us in the butt this last weekend. But um, I thought we had two good days of practice. I'm, I'm really confident in our game plan going into Cincinnati. And I'm just excited to get back on the field with the guys because I think everybody is definitely disappointed in the loss. And everyone's, I'm not going to say that we're more inspired than usual, but guys are locked in and ready to roll. Uh, did you hurt your calf in week one? Um, kind of, yeah, it was attributed, started there, week one. Okay. And it's got progressively worse. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to get perspective on your season. When you, I mean, you played, what, three or four games after, and then went on IR, right? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Detroit, Philly, Green Bay, Seattle. Okay. Yep. How were those, how was it playing with that injury? Like Progressively that worse every week. Okay. Just... Yeah. Besides breaking my foot and not physically being able to play, it was the worst. Yeah, not very fun. Um, I hurt to walk every single step. So then trying to run and block people and cut fast and run routes was not very fun. But uh, took three weeks uh, and definitely helped me out a, a ton and feel good again. Guys, in a, in a meeting, or even when you're just watching film by yourself, do you see Trent Williams do something that makes you just say, "Wow, I can't believe he's doing it"? Uh, I mean, every time he's on the football field, Trent's one of one. Regardless, I mean, on the football field, off the football field, everything he does, there's no one else that can do what he does and then play at the level that he does. He's an incredible, um, I don't know, monster. It's kind of what I want to say. But uh, yeah, everything he does, I mean, from his, the backside and outside on all run plays, how he uses guys' as leverage, and like every single player that he plays is like a chess match. Like he lets, he sets them up for failure every single play. And it's just very intriguing to watch it. Like if you start from the start of a game and then just progressively watch it throughout the game, if he's going against the same guy, he just does different stuff to him every single time to set him up for failure. It's pretty impressive. When, when, when Kyle like shows, you know, you guys clips of games or wins, whatever, when, when he does something in particular, what kind of reaction does that draw from um, honestly, less than it probably should. I think we're all just kind of used to it at this point. Um, but yeah, it's just you'll see Trent. I don't know one that stood out to me. We were playing Jacksonville. It was like one of the. It was our first drive after halftime, and he um, went up to a safety and like let him undercut him, threw him back, and then he turned around and smoked him. And I was just like, wow, well that'd be nice to be able just to be able to do that every single play, Trent. And then he just like shoulders him, sees him go down. He just kind of walks to the huddle. I'm like. It's just so easy for you, dude. It's awesome. Are you 
is he how big he is and how still how fast and agile he is as well? I literally think me and Trent have the same lower body, and then he just weighs like 50 to 60 more pounds than I do. Like he moves just, I feel like we move very similarly, uh, but he can just bench press a house. Like everything he, he doesn't have to really do anything. He'll go into the weight room and he'll just put like 400 plus pounds on the bench press bar and rep it for like five reps. And then he'll just be, ah, I'm good today. I'm like, ow, that's cool. <laughs> I'm going to do my warm up set of 185 to 25. I'm just going to try to build up and geez Louise. Yeah, no, but he, uh, everything he does is just one of one. It's incredible. Zone play in Jacksonville didn't work out for him, but are you at least given that a little curious to see what it would look with him with the ball in the open field? In the open field? I don't know. Trent, like, he really wants that ball, but, like, running, I know, like, he's going to get winded. I know that he will, but, like, you give him that shot, like, he'll take it. I bet you, like, he'd do a really good job. I bet you he's a yak monster, but he's definitely a red zone guy. I know that we'll, we're going to get him a touchdown at some point, so just, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Even if it needs to be a tight end reverse pass or something like that, I'll throw it. Second touchdown, the, the tightrope act mm. down the sideline. Uh, when you went back and looked at it on film and saw your footwork, was, was that did you get extra satisfaction on all that work you did in the off season with the balance beams and things like that? Did that come into play on that? I mean, I think so. I, I literally I spent like 30 minutes plus to an hour on balance beams the entire off season, like five days a week. Um, and I mean, I, balance or just like my foot, ankle, calf strength. You know, just trying to work on that. Um, and I think it really helped. Uh, I really do. Um, it kind of like, it all slowed down a little bit. And I was like, I think like, I was running, I was like, I, I can stay in on this. And I was just, it was, it was just fun. I was literally laughing to myself running on the sideline. Jawan Jennings seems to become a little bit more part of the offense in the blocking game, mm -hmm. in the passing game, et cetera, et cetera. But what have you seen from him that's helped him make these strides this season? His mindset, 100%. Um, I like people, I think some people compare him to KB. And there are similarities there, like his love for the game. Um, you can just kind of feel his energy out there. But like, I think he's like a hybrid of Jeff Wilson and KB. He's just right there in the middle. And like, when he's on the football field, he flips a switch. And it's like, he's going to win or he's going to fight you trying. And I love that about him because he definitely brings this physicality that you can watch at any game that he's played in this year, um, that he just goes after DBs, linebackers. He does not care who you are, but he's going to go after you and he's going to He's just going to piss you off until you kind of bring it back at him. And um, Juwan is, I mean, he's real. He's not, he doesn't fake it at all. And not everybody has that mindset on a football field. So when you have a guy like that that's just an aggressive bulldog, um, some guys don't like him. They back down or they do stupid things, get stupid penalties. But Juwan's mindset has allowed him to make those plays. And when you can make blocks like that consistently, I mean, he had, I think he had multiple really, really good blocks every single game he's played in. You can't take him off the field. When guys make plays like that, like you, coaches can't take you off the field no matter what. And so he's getting those reps, and then he, I mean, the more reps you get, the better you get. Surprising that he got in the little scuffle. No, I love that. <clears throat> no, I absolutely love that. Um, I was looking up. Jimmy stepped on my Achilles, and all of a sudden I look. I'm like, ow, thanks, Jim. Way to be an athlete. And I look up, and Jawan's getting his helmet pulled off by a guy. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. And it was definitely interesting. And Jawan kept us cool and got a guy kicked out of the game. And, Definitely made our game a lot easier. Like he was abused by the whole thing. 100%. Definitely. Like I said, like he knows what he's doing out there. He doesn't, like you kind of talk about like football players, you go to that dark space, like you kind of black out a little bit, and you're just in the zone. He's got enough where he can just pull back, just enough where he doesn't have to do anything stupid, but he still is in that dark place. You and DJ Jones are the last members of the two set. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I know. I, I just confirmed that. Well, I, we know. Myself by asking, but, um, 
What is, I mean, when you think of him as a rookie, and, you know, I'm sure it's like most NFL players, but where has he improved the most? Because now it seems to, he'd be, he's in the midst of his, what seems to be his best season. I got a couple things for you. One, DJ Jones was the first Niner that I met. We, came, we were on the same flight um, coming to rookie minicamp, so that was fun. He sat like two seats in front of me. So that was fun. I was like, damn, that's a big-ass dude. Excuse my language. Sorry. But, uh, but just I've known him, you know, he was the first guy I met besides, you know, like I knew Trent Taylor and CJ. But, like, he was the first guy I met, being able to talk to him then. Um, and another cool thing is he got the strip uh, this past week, and the next play was a touchdown. So I had to thank him for that one, too. You know, that class of 2017, just helping each other out. And where he's improved. I mean, DJ's always been a beast. He really has been. He's had some really unlucky injuries in, like, training camp and stuff, like completely out of his control, guys landing on him and stuff that definitely inhibit. But when he's out there, he is so strong. Like, there's not a lot of people that I feel like when they put their hands on me and I'm like, I'm screwed. He's one of those people that they put his hands on me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay on the edge instead. Like, Mike, don't call wham anymore. But uh, he's just, he's explosive. He's so fast and he's just like a, He's so strong. He's in, like he's a bull in there, and but he's agile enough to make those quick plays and those quick decisions. Um, but he, he just—I think he's gotten better every year. But I still think he's been a hell of a football player since he's been here. Thanks, George. Thanks, guys. The Forty Niners put together when you found out you were nominated again. Just what does it mean to be recognized for all the work that you're doing? Um, it's huge. You know, it's uh, you know brings up a lot of emotions, and you know, definitely feels good to be. Uh, recognized, uh, you know, for, you know, when you think about doing work in the community, you don't think about recognition and um, the rewards of it. But, you know, a moment like that to be able to, you know, share that with my family and be honored for the work um, that I'm doing and my family is doing uh, that I can't do without everyone else is, you know, a huge honor and uh, very humbling for me. Inspiration to the rest of the team with the work that you do—is that a relish? Do you like to talk to the guys and help them with projects they're working on? That's great to hear. Um, you know, I try to lead, you know, and uh, do everything I can um, to, you know, use my platform, my resources to benefit others. And um, you know, it's good to hear that you know my peers and my teammates are recognizing it, and uh, you know that, that that's inspiring them to do. Um, their own work too, so which is great because we all have different things we offer to society and you know my experiences and my viewpoint and how I want to give back is completely different from the next person's and um, if we all collectively do that in our own way, you know we could uh, you know make society and better and make you know our world a special place so obviously we're surprised in the video what were you told? We're supposed to go out and review uh, an interview, a sit-down interview with uh, talking about um, just talk about my nonprofit, just a sit-down interview. I think uh, obviously didn't know that that was going to happen, so I just thought I had an interview. You know, I never really prepare for my interviews like that. I just kind of go wing it, so I was uh, kind of walking out, going over what I was going to to say in the interview or thinking about what they were going to ask me, so that's kind of what happened there. You've always been an advocate for underserved children since you started your organization. Becoming a father made it even more important to you, more meaningful to you? Yeah, 100%, because uh, I have my own little one to, to think about, and, um, you know, it makes it 
closer to even you know even closer to home for me when I see my daughter every day and uh, gives me a different perspective. Um, I thought like I've been talking about, especially having a daughter and thinking about you know how I can help uh, shape society and give her more opportunities and benefit her and more equity um, uh, against you know men and women and you know build a better future for her. So. Um, those are things I've been thinking about and I've been actively doing and working with uh, some companies. Um, I'm an advisor to a company called Cindio, and um, they create software to bring uh, they create software to bring equity to uh, pay equity, and um, you know they they look at different. Uh, different demographics and you know they work with companies and uh, they go on um, all the different uh, variables of are we paying people fairly uh, whether that's gender race age um, where we come from so uh, I'm when I'm working with them I'm thinking about my daughter and her future and um, do I want her to be paid fairly when it's her time to enter the workforce so I've been doing more things like that which has been uh, really cool now, was there a player in the past who kind of showed you the importance of all this? Um, yeah, I've definitely been inspired, you know, by players. I've been inspired by other uh, people. Um, two people, I kind of that inspire me, like off the court. I mean, off the uh, off the field uh, would be what LeBron does off the court, and um, also uh, Nipsey Hussle was a big inspiration for me, and everything he did in his community. Um, in Crenshaw in terms of, you know, never leaving his community and giving back to his community in uh, various ways, creating jobs, uh, creating uh, economic growth, um, educational growth in his uh, hometown. So those are two, like, figures, I would say, that kind of inspire me um, from a philanthropy and giving back to uh, the community standpoint. In terms of on the field, We've played in every single game since 2018. That, that don't, don't jinx me, man. I'm not. I mean, you know, after the, the two years before, and how concerned were you about this, your, your durability? And, and how, how much pride do you take in this, your ability to be there game in, game out now, and to fill in where they most need you? Yeah, um, you know, I do take pride in that. Uh, you know, I had some unfortunate injuries early in my career and, uh, you know, God willing to be able to, you know, play all these games in a row now has uh, has been amazing and something that, um, you know, I wanted, I obviously want want to do and um, it's been great. You know, I'm trying to, trying to keep it going. Um, you know, I got labeled as like injury prone, I guess, uh, early in my career and, you know, I've been out there. Um, you know, doing my job and, you know, able to, to be reliable and be durable. So um, it's definitely not easy. You know, I've had things that I've had to deal with, uh, obviously. Um, but, you know, trying to keep that going for sure and be on the field uh, as much as I can. The, job, the job's changed somewhat this year. So, I mean, how is that adjusted for you? And, and what, what are you able to contribute on the inside? Uh, it is it is adjustment for me, um, you know, I forgot what week it was now, but, you know, they came to me, like, uh, obviously we lost Ken Law and um, we lost Mo and uh, some other people um, on the inside, and, you know, they came to me 
uh, to, to fill that role and fill that void um, that they felt, you know, I could help with it. So um, I feel I'm versatile. I can uh, play any position. You know, it is a bit of an adjustment because I haven't been practicing it and, um, you know, I haven't been necessarily preparing for that. But, um, you know, jumping in there, you know, I think I can play well, uh, whatever position they put me at. So. Uh, getting more and more, getting more and more comfortable uh, with it. Um, each week, as it goes, I'm going to continue to get you know better and better and more more comfortable with it. So, uh, I think it's been you know a few weeks now. So, um, you know, still still a work in process, in progress, uh, obviously. Are you aware or, or how cognizant are you of which side Nick is on? gets to choose from, from play to play, but does that affect what, what you're doing at all? Um, yeah, you know, that's that's something me and Nick talk about is, uh, you know, when we're, before we go into the game, like, we like to talk about each other's kind of uh, plan so we know we can work together or, um, you know, create space for each other. Um, you know, if he wants to, to work an inside move, obviously I'm going to, you know, um, shade the other way or, you know, move the other way. So to give him more space to, to work in there or, you know, vice versa. Um, he may burn the edge. So I have more space to work inside too. So it's definitely something we talk about and, uh, you know, work together on. Cool. Appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, he's a good friend of mine, and um, I definitely want to hit him a few times. Is it, is it true, usually defensive guys hang out together, offensive guys hang out together? He's an offensive guy that seemed to mostly hang out with defensive guys at Ohio State. Was that odd there, or was, was there a lot of kind of back and forth? <laughs> um... Uh, we're all teammates, so we kind of get along. Um, I think just him being, he was a year older, and we were all in the same dorms. So uh, so I was, I became, me and my roommate became good friends with uh, their group, like Joe, Sam, Hubbard, who's also on the team. Um, a few other guys, um, Justin Hilliard, who was here, like that was all our group, and um, yeah, we just spent a lot of time together that second year and became friends. And then he left him, and I got drafted. We both had success, and that kind of brings you together too as friends when you're both on the same path, similar path. Um, so yeah. We've been playing PUBG recently. Um, a couple nights ago, we played a little. It wasn't very good, but we got killed a lot. Um, but yeah, it's like a battle royale game. And then uh, we play Rocket League, which is another weird game that we liked. <laughs> He's good at Rocket League. He, uh, I, I played it all of college, and he hadn't played it really in college. And then he started playing recently, and whatever he 
decides to do, he's usually pretty obsessed and good with good at it. So he's pretty darn good now. Yeah, a couple of days ago we played a little bit. Compared you to JJ Watt and the fact that you can play on both sides of the line and you're still just as productive. Is he somebody that you've watched in the past or you're gonna look at? Not really. Um, obviously, I've watched him. I just um, there's only one JJ Watt, and, and uh, you're not really gonna go out there and do what he does. Um, so I wouldn't really say that my game is much like his, but um, he's obviously one of the best ever. So play on both sides, similar to what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he would always move around, go towards the matchup. Um, and yeah, that's just smart football. Just putting JJ Watt on the worst player. Do you like the challenge of being on both sides and how easy is it to adapt to playing and swapping sides? Um, when you practice enough and uh, like I was always on the right my rookie year and it kind of like, it just kind of made whenever I would go on the left feel awkward and um, and it would kind of like deteriorate one side of your body because you're always taking on blocks here and using this leg to push off. So it's kind of like a weird thing over a long season. You kind of feel a little weird, but I much prefer playing both, practicing on both, trying to even everything out as much as I can. Um, so I feel good wherever I'm at. It takes some time to get even out and Play, be able to play equally on both sides? Yeah, this year even um, when D was in, he's usually on the left, and Eric was usually on the left when he was at end. So the first few games I was on the right, and and then I forget which game D went down. I think, I think Indy was the last one he played. And then we played the Bears after. So I felt pretty awkward that game on the left, honestly. I got two sacks, so that was good. But um, yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't as comfortable. Playing and practicing both sides is that your decision? Is that a coaching decision? Something you guys talk about? Um, right now it's my decision. Yeah. Do you guys draw off of uh, Kittle's energy? Now that he's, he's come back these last few weeks producing well, and you guys have a good relationship. Yeah, uh, he's, like I said earlier, I think, to you guys, um, when he was out and Trent was out, there's kind of a lack of leadership, and Jimmy was out, there's a lack of leadership, and having George in there, um, even when things aren't going ideal, he's a great energy source, and... Um, we have plenty of that on the defense, I feel like. And then on the offense, uh, he's one of those main guys to really bring the energy. You, uh, on his second touchdown up in Seattle, were you watching on the jumbo screen or were you watching it up on the sideline? I actually didn't stand up once except for the fourth down play, which wasn't good. But, yeah, I, I was sitting on that warm bench with my knee warmers on. I'd say the left, even though people say like blind side, blind, like 
when the ball is sitting right in front of you, it's pretty easy to, and I haven't even been reaching for it. I've just been hitting it with my head. Um, but yeah, just uh, when it's right there, you don't really even have to completely get off your block. You could kind of just reach over and knock it out sometimes. Get more of, not gonna draw the ball loose a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, <laughs> but like, how, how hard, how hard is it to, to do that? It's, uh, it's the best stat you could get, so it's the hardest one, probably. Um, yeah, it's tough. said DJ Jones might have the best or the most football strength on the team. Is there um, an example that comes to mind of? That manifests itself on the field. Um, Seattle game. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's very stout, and he's strong in the weight room too. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I'll take it. Make sure you subscribe. 